All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, chance, stop! Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 32 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. Of course, as you heard, I'm your host, Brock Segan. To my left, I got Biebs Bonnie. How's it going, Biebs? I'm Biebs. I'm doing phenomenal. <laughs> and in Brantford, we got Dylan D. Berthing. How's it going, Dylan? I'm D. Doing almost as phenomenal as Biebs. Whoa. Why not as phenomenal? Because that just seems like way too high of a bar to ever really set, you know? No, you're right, you're right. I'm just really excited. Just having a really good day. Hockey yeah. is kind of back, so I just have kind of been oh, flying around all of week. Of course hockey's back. Smiling. I tweeted out that Joffrey Lupul's hurt today. That means that like signifies the start a of the fantasy hockey season. A lot of people failing oh. physicals this week. Yeah. David Clarkson. Yeah. Well, that's, that also signifies the start of hockey, too. Yep. When those He's failed a lot are... of tests in his career. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. His back's just done, eh? They're like, yeah, his career's pretty much over. It's like, yeah, his career's pretty much over. That would be the worst. Like, you know he's, like, sweating every night. Like, am I going to pass his physical? (laughs) And then he just fails, and it's just blew up. Whatever. He'll do good in the press box. 
Maybe. Doing something random. Eating. It sucks because like, the only reason they ever took on Clarkson was because they had someone in Nathan Horton who was getting paid to never play again. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then it's just going like... to be the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, last week, uh, you guys, we gave everybody our center preview. So this week, we're going to shift to the wing. We're going to start with the left wing. Yeah. Um, My favorite of the two. I like right wing better. Grow up. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a right wing guy. For obvious reasons, um, so we're gonna we're, like we did last week. Uh, we'll give you our top ten left wings. We'll give um, the one left wing outside of our respective top tens that we must have on draft day. Our breakout left wing, our sleeper left wing, our left wing bust, and our left wing rookie. Yeah, my fave. There you go. So also. we're gonna rip through it a little bit quicker than we did last week. Um, it's worse Mostly because than- Brock doesn't like editing long shows. <laughs> yeah, and he's going on vacation. So. Yeah, I'm going on vacation. Not really vacation. Just going to the cottage. Hardly a vacation. Oh, not really vacation. But, um, yeah, I guess off. before we get straight into fantasy hockey, it's worth noting that none of us correctly determined the top four for the uh, World Cup of Hockey. No. Yep. Um, Let's just, you know. But uh, I don't, take away I any credentials we possibly had. Yeah, at the start of the show. I want to yes. see the numbers on brackets. Like if they had like an NCAA number kind of thing. Like how that, many like people, how many people chose Europe to advance? Because to just be honest, tons of Europeans. That's pretty much it. Yeah, so many Slovenians. Yeah, <laughs> tons of Slovenians and Germans. <laughs> <laughs> zero, zero Germans probably. But uh, yeah, so Europe's going through, <laughs> Canada's going through, Sweden's going through, and Russia's going through. It's gonna be nice. We just wa- we just got to watch Canada U.S. Now we're gonna jump right into Canada Russia, yeah. which is always a classic as well. So none of us got it right. I was the only one that picked North America to go through, and that didn't. And I was almost there, almost had him through, but yeah, see, no dice. Good reason why I didn't trust him. <laughs> that game against Sweden was something else, though. Yeah, it was so much fun. But anyways, let's get to fantasy hockey. The real reason why we're all here. Uh, D, we'll start with you this week. Who is okay. your top 10 left wings heading into the 2016 season? How, how do you want me to do this? Same as we did last Slam week. Slam them out. You literally asked this question last week, so I'll, I'll give you the same answer. Just, just kind of <laughs> talk about it. You we're going with D this week, and we went with D last week. Did we? I'm, not, uh, I'm not claiming favorites. I'm just... Sorry, dude. That's okay. Next week. If so, favorites were to be claimed... <laughs> it'd be, anyway. Give us uh, your 10. All right. Um... I guess I'll start off with my top three. Uh, I got Ovechkin at the top of the list. The dude no scored way. 15-3 straight. One of the best goal scorers of all time. I don't think there's much debate here. Um, and also, you know, he had a bit of an off year assist-wise. Only 21, which is kind of ridiculous, even if you just take into consideration the amount of shots this guy puts off. Mm-hmm. So that should come up a little bit. Should probably be around 50 goals. I know that's saying a lot of anyone, but it is Ovechkin. Um <laughs> So I have him firmly rooted as number one. The only other guy who I think has an argument is Jamie Benn, who I got pegged at number two. Uh, the guys had 80 points three years in a row. Actually, three years ago it was only 79, so whatever. Close enough. Basically three years in <laughs> a row. Year. <laughs> um, and he was amazing last year. He really was. If he hits 40 goals again, I'd rank him above Ovi, but uh, I just imagine him coming closer to the 35 we saw him put up the couple years prior. Uh, but again, this is one of the most consistent players in the league, at least over the last three years, you know, going back to that. So, um, again, like I said, the only other guy besides Ovechkin, I think, who has an argument to be number one. Uh, you could switch him around. I don't think it matters too much. Some might even opt for Ben because I know a lot of the standard setups, he has dual position eligibility. So, mm-hmm. 
but I think both are pretty much top five fantasy guys overall. Um, and then moving on, I got Johnny Puck, Johnny Gaudreau. Yep. Uh, incredible last year, still only 23 years old, which means his prime year should be almost immediately ahead of him. Uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, reports and I get, I don't, I don't want to say studies, but articles have been written up over the last few years that actually pinpoint, uh, the prime years in a player's production actually being at age 24, which I think is a lot earlier uh, than people generally yeah, think. Yeah, everyone's thinking like 30, 20, yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, this just came to the top of my head right now. Otherwise, I'd have these articles ready to you know source them, but uh, I don't. But <laughs> tweet, me tweet about it. Well, generally, what happens in the finale is they kind of whenever someone has their breakout year, it actually kind of ends up being their career year, and they kind of mm-hmm. you kind of just coast in production from there. Um, not to say you're not going to be productive, but just not as productive. Crosby, right. for example, I think topped out at like one, whatever his top was, was when he was 24. He's like 110 points or something. Mm-hmm. Um, still yet to top it. So that's kind of the idea here. Um, in relation to Gaudreau, his assists seem to be incredibly reliable. Uh, and he could still throw more shots on the net than what we've seen. He only had 217 last year. It was a career high. It's been going up every year. Uh, so I, I really like Johnny Gaudreau. Uh and I think he's kind of firmly rooted in the three spot here for me. Yeah. And if, you know, just, I guess, probably to save us time more than anything, I'm looking over at Biebs' uh, computer here, looking at my computer. It, we can just say that that's the same top three as we've all got, so we don't Absolutely. really need to touch it. Yeah, no um, questions asked. You say it might even be a lot to ask, even from Ovechkin to score 50, but even over the last three years, he's averaged uh, 51 goals per year, which is just yep. absolutely ridiculous. Um, Jamie Benn, like you said, ridiculously consistent production over the last three years. Um, in the last two years, he actually leads the NHL in points, which is incredible. Yep. Yeah. And, and one thing is just like those, the, like they're on another level in terms of fantasy value because the left wing position is so weak. And like we talked about last week, how it's deep top center is. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So if you get like an Ovechkin or a Ben on draft day, like it's obviously going to be, yeah, need to be a top five pick, but like you... Like that's so much better than getting some of those centers that we talked about last week. Yeah. There's so many good centers where left wing is so so soft. But yeah, Ovechkin and Ben firmly at the top two. And then like I said, Goudreau only. I think we're just scratching the surface with Johnny Goudreau right now. And then like just him and Mon- Monahan have Which been so scary. good together. Yeah, yeah it, it is. seems like he's almost like a late break. And I know you talked about his prime years, but he's one of those guys. You know, he made the NHL a little bit later than normal, mm-hmm. and he's been phenomenal. He's only getting better. I mean, even at even at the at the World Cup of Hockey there, he looked pretty pretty great sometimes. I mean, I think, like, I think like he's honestly blown everybody's, like, expectations out of the water in these first two years. He, it's like Absolutely. he has, like, he almost has little man syndrome where it's like <laughs> he's so small that he has to prove everyone wrong, but it's great. It's like Martin St. Louis. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, it pushes him forward and it works. So uh, I think a lot of just... people were kind of thinking his first season breakout year to kind of be one of a one-off. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit in that camp. Uh, but after watching him play last year, like the guy just he's the real deal, man. Like, yeah, he and is. Like I said, he the just assist, the playmaking ability off the wing is kind of crazy. Like, yeah, any guy that can put up thirty goals and almost fifty assists is high end fantasy talent. And like, yeah. the crazy thing was last year, like you said, people were kind of skeptical whether or not that first year was. Yeah, and he blew kind it of, out of the and water. then he did it again, and he was su- like he was one of the best draft day values last year. Absolutely. Um, Last couple of years, really. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, but even the first year, for sure. Yes. Yeah. He was a rookie. But uh, we'll go back to you, D. Who do you got? Four, five, and six. Uh, so I think here's where it gets a little interesting. Yeah. For me, I have Taylor Hall at four. Uh, again, we're talking prime years. He's 24, going on 25. Uh, 
And I, I, you know, I don't know how much there really is to say here. I'm hopeful of his prospects of playing in New Jersey. We've talked about before how, uh, you know, I know me and you have both said this, Brock. We don't really think we've seen the best from Taylor Hall yet. No. Um, he he's he's had somewhat uh, what some might consider a run of bad luck over the last couple of seasons. Uh, I guess kind of shooting percentage wise, still puts up shots at an elite pace. Played in all 82 games last year. Should quiet some injury concerns he had earlier in his career. And for me, I'm really just looking for a return to the point per game player we saw from 2012 to 2014. And uh, that's why I got him penciled in here at four. Yeah, he's uh, absolutely going to take like all the minutes that are important with that team. So, oh, right. Yeah. Should be right back to honestly where he was two years ago, which is all we're really looking for. Just somewhere above 70 points would be huge for Hall this year, I think. And not too much to ask at all, um, given his skill level. The After only that, thing that I, scares me is just New Jersey's just never seems to score a lot of goals. That's sure. the only thing that makes me nervous. Like he's going from an offense that's so not right. so. But I would I would argue that with they really haven't had a they, yeah no, uh, oh, a sure. player of Hall's offensive. Yeah, they're talent, depending on Camilleri and Lee yeah. Stepniak. And, mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like Camilleri put up big points when he was healthy there, right? So there's definitely some points to be had in that system. I oh, think. Oh, for sure. And Hall should fit in there nice. Uh, I got Philip Forsberg coming in at five. Um, still so young. I think he's 22 right now. Uh, yeah, yep. He's been. 63, 64 points the last two years. Again, we've talked about the changes Nashville have made. They should bode well for uh, offensive production. Uh, there's honestly there's a lot to like here. Uh, 57% Corsi rating over the last two years. Phenomenal. Played just 86 even-strength minutes with Johansson last year, too. So I think if that changed, obviously you could see a little bit of bump there. There's some potential anyway. That's definitely the other most skilled guy on the team. Yeah, he, ha- he uh, to me, is like... Johnny Gaudreau, I think he's another one of these guys that's just scratching the surface. Like heading into his, you know, yeah. third year here, twenty-two years old. He's just he's just waiting to blow up. I think, especially like you said, playing with Johansson, yeah, he's just ready to go off. Yeah, we talked last week about Johansson a ton, though, so we're not even going to mention his name as as little. No, as we I just can thought it was, <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that he only he only played eighty-six minutes with him at mm-hmm. Eastern last year, and uh, so he hasn't really got a good run or a good chance with him yet. Uh, those numbers, by the way, are courtesy of Puckalytics.com. Uh, just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, that their their wowy their stats. thing is just oh, it's phenomenal. so easy to use. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. great. Love that um, site. Six, I got Max Pacioretty. Uh Looking for a bit of a bounce back here, at least from goal production wise. Should be closer to the thirty-seven and thirty-nine we saw the couple years before, as opposed to a thirty last year. Um. And it was honestly just he could have shot a little bit better than he did. He set a career high with 303 shots on goal and shot under 10%. So, again, expecting a little bit more out of Pacioretty this year. I think he's super solid, super consistent. Has a floor, obviously, of 30 goals. And like I said, can cap at about 40, which is where I'm expecting him to be around. And uh, to round out the top seven, because after this one, I really do think that it, it, it can really vary. And I think there's kind of a clear tier difference here. Maybe you guys have a bit of a different idea. But I got Panarin at seven. And I think there's a real drop off after him, yeah, at the yeah. position, yeah, um, exactly like we talked about earlier. You know, it's top heavy. Yeah, yeah, and this exactly, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is where that top just cuts off because I think the bottom three could, you know, you could put any three out of like 15 names yeah, in there. It's so true. Uh huh. So Penarin, uh, for me, why he's at the bottom of this tier though, he was amazing last year. I just me and like so many are expecting some regression from Patrick Kane this year. Yeah, for so sure. So I'm naturally expecting the same out of Panarin. He played ten thousand or one sorry one thousand and four <laughs> out of his eleven hundred and eighty even strike minutes last year. So you know that's like ninety ninety five percent. Ten thousand. <laughs> yeah. So he played, so but he played a thousand and four. 
He played 1,004 out of 1,180 even strength minutes alongside with, Patrick with Kane, Kane yeah. which is kind of insane. Um, I think I was looking at it. I think he had like three even strength points away from Kane last year. Um, so he's a good player. Should be very solid again this year. But I, most of his production is driven from playing alongside Patrick Kane, who should be very good. But again, we're not expecting him to be as good as he was last yeah, year. Yeah, like if you're looking at what what Panarin did last year when Kane put up 100 points, it's like. Yeah, if he puts up eighty this year, Panarin's then still going to be close year, to sixty. But he's not going exactly. He's going to be closer to sixty. Right. Than, than so what I got, like I, I wrote down here, I'd be pleasantly surprised if he toppled seventy points again, which is I think pretty fair to say. But again, I think he's got a steady floor if he's playing alongside Patrick Kane, because obviously he's got some talent. And then uh, I don't know. Do you guys want to jump in there and say what? Yeah, you're we might as well because then we can yeah, we can just list our guys. Um, so for Forsberg, kind of already mentioned, I just think it's the beginning for him. Big kid. Great so you have shot. Forsberg at four? Yeah, I have Forsberg at four. Um, tons of potential. He just he just seems like a consistent a guy that's gonna consistently put up thirty yep. goals with a ton of upside for for you know, forty plus apples. There's a lot of talent in Nashville, a lot to like about that. Five I had patches. Um, just a consistent goal scorer. Um, every year he kinda just seems to be the same player, except for last year we saw a little bit of a drop off, but like you said, like to see him get back in the mid thirties in goals. His sh- yeah, and his shots still went up, right? Like three hundred and three yeah. shots. So that's super encouraging. It just kind of gave maybe a bit of a uh, bit of bad luck. Yeah, he has hundred and six goals over the last three seasons, um, yep. which is good for sixth in the NHL, which is obviously extremely impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Still only twenty seven years old. It's hard to it's hard to find that kind of goal, like especially like we keep saying this is a weak position. A guy that can, you know, is pretty much guaranteed for thirty plus goals is uh, is a nice, nice pickup in the mid, in the earlier rounds. Six, I actually have Panarin just because uh, I have him just above Taylor Hall, and honestly, it's only because um, Hall's line mates make me a little nervous. Where Panarin's line mates don't make me nervous at all. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. I have literally Panarin projected. I don't think he's going to top seventy points like you said. I have him at sixty nine, um, and then Taylor Hall at sixty eight. With 25 goals, 43 assists, so he's my uh, my seventh. Beebs, how about you? All right, so um, kind of kind of close to the same, but uh, I got patches moving up to the four hole there. Just kind of, I like the addition of Radulov. I don't know why. I just <laughs> think it's gonna work, um, and I think it takes a little bit of pressure off of uh, patches that he's had the last couple of years, being kind of the only really true scorer on that team. Mm-hmm. It seems like, I mean. Mechanics out there, but he's no, there's still no, mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I I like the addition of Radulov. I I think Patches is just kind of due for a huge year. Um, they had a terrible year last year. He's got to have a fire under his ass because of <laughs> yeah. both World Cup hockey and how bad last year it was, yeah. and Torts calling him out. Yeah, yeah. and so, just the uh, off season in general. Yeah, you know. Nice. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a shaky off season. So I like him this Didn't year. Didn't just like. Say that he's like the worst captain or something. Yeah, he denied the reports or whatever, though, right? How does Terrian have a job? I don't know. Yeah, after last year, I don't. I don't know. But I mean, either okay, way, Grace got hurt. Either way, I got um, I got Taylor Hall coming in at five again. Um, he's gonna get the same type of minutes that he got out in Edmonton, if oh. not better, with a uh, little bit less talent. But Henrik, I think him, uh, I think him and Henrik are gonna have a connection. They just, I mean, they go back. And uh, that stuff actually does stick around. So oh, yeah. hopefully, um, hopefully, you see a big year from Hall. So that's why I got him there at five. I so wonder if any other podcast or like fantasy sports sites or whatever like Adam Henrique as much as we do. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Adam Henrique gets pumped up on this show so much, and I he love it. He deserves it, it yeah. though. I mean, he's one of those guys where like you look at his 
basic underlining numbers and he, he's good but like you you don't understand the type of talent that he actually is because he brings so much more to the team oh yeah i don't know i just i really like adam Henry. just super very biased, biased, but but, i love yeah, it yeah either way the only thing that's really scaring like me from recommending him as like you know sleeper of the century oh is yeah the fact that he kind of had a he shot at a really good pace last year and put up like 30 goals right mm-hmm. um which like I'm not convinced it's gonna happen again either way, but I think his assists are gonna go. Away. Yeah, but I'm just exactly afraid to definitely say he's gonna topple last year, just because he scored so much, and I'm not quite sure that's gonna happen again, even playing with Hall. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think he'll definitely, you know. But Hall's a great playmaker on the wing too, so you never know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It'll be yeah. different. It'll look a lot different. I mean, we're also just blindly assuming they're gonna be playing together. Yeah. For the oh yeah, for year, sure. Which can change three games in. Right? Yeah, so. we could see Travis Ajak with Hall right off the hop or something. Exactly. So we'll see. I'd be cool with that too. Um, six though, back to the back to the list here. Six, I got Philip Forsberg. Um, same reason you guys had. I, I mean, he's he's bound to just keep getting better. He's got Johansson there, just also improving right next to him. That team's gonna be fun to watch. I think yeah. this year, they're, and, they're, uh, they're sick. Yeah, so I got Forsberg sitting there. Not much more I could say about him. Um, and then number seven, I got Panarin. Again, I really like his line mates, but like D said, Patrick Kane's uh, bound for aggression. Yeah, bound for aggression. And yeah, when that mm-hmm. happens. Um, Panarin's unfortunately going to go with him unless, I mean, Panarin as easily though could take that step up, continue to improve and then uh, help Patty Kane get right back to where he was last year. You never really know. Um, still still kind of a young talent that I when, really like. When I uh, when I projected Panarin, I literally like projected Patrick Kane first and then project, like figured out oh, the percent the percent <laughs> decrease of Patrick Kane points and then just did, and then just applied it to Panarin's year and it was literally... You know, just under sixty or just under seventy <laughs> points. Well, yeah, it seems Sounds pretty much right. seems pretty much exactly where it needs to be. We know a little bit more what we can expect from a guy like Kane. But uh, here, so we actually all had the top seven, the exact same, which I think yeah, most pundits would. Um, we you know everybody had it shifted around a little bit. But uh, D quickly, who's your uh, eight, nine, and ten? Right. So uh, like I said, here's where it gets a little kind of uh, free for all. You yeah. can kind of make an argument for a lot of guys to take these last three spots. For me, I got Brandon Saad at eight. Um, didn't really disappoint in his first year in Columbus. A lot of people were calling for a breakout season. He potted 31 goals, goals in yeah. what was just a mess of a season for the Blue Jackets. Um, and honestly, he's a really good player. There's potential for more assists there. The Johansson trade in the middle of the year definitely didn't help. Um, not a lot of offense in Columbus, but all of it should be flowing through Saad, whatever is there. So I, I think he's in for potentially a career year this year. Uh, I like Saad a lot. And then closing out, I got Parise and Sedin, uh, Zach Parise and Daniel Sedin, that is, who are, in my mind, both very similar. They kind of have this presumed stigma of being over the hill and past their prime, which is, you know, true. Yeah, um, they're still... But I, I, it's just gotten to the point where this belief has kind of surpassed their actual value, and uh, I think people are starting to overlook what they can really bring to the table. Yeah, they're a consistent 60-point scoring, scoring. Right, to me, they're area. both safe bets to be in the high 20s, low 30s for goal production. They both play nearly 20 minutes a night and get all the first power play time in the world. Um, so I, I, I like them both here for relatively low prices. Beebs? Yeah. Um, mine switches up a little, but as you mentioned, um, you know, you can basically pick any of those guys there and plug them in. I actually have Jaden Schwartz coming in at number eight. He was a guy last year where I kind of thought he'd be slowed down by his injury out for a lot of the beginning of the year. And I think he's a guy who helped a lot of people fantasy-wise make the playoffs and make yeah, pushes. Yeah, he was strong on the stretch there. Yeah, absolutely. That about 
a lot stronger than that came out of your mouth. But, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, last year, Jaden Schwartz kind of, uh, he stepped back, he stepped back up and, uh, 22 points in 33 games. I, I really like him kind of leading that team on the left wing on the first line. Talented team out there. And, uh, he's just like and, so underrated. Yeah. I love Jaden Schwartz. Those, I just really hope he can stay healthy because he's one of those guys where, you know, he, he has the potential to really, have a great year if he can play the full 82 or even a nice 70 at this <laughs> point. Um, number nine, I have Zach Parise. Uh, just like Dia, I kind of brought him back in from uh, Brock's rankings. I, I brought him back into the top 10 because I think Zach Parise is an elite scoring talent. Um, he's one of those guys who every year kind of seems to go a little bit later than he should, it seems like, in drafts. At least ones that I'm in because, I don't know, I certainly don't grab him because I'm not a big Wild fan. <laughs> but um, he is he's a consistent scorer. He plays... A lot of games. I mean, he's he's. he's That's happy. actually the reason I don't love Zach Parise is because he's a bit of a durab like. Yeah, his durability is just not there. But like since he he's moved to Minnesota, he's missed almost ten games every year. Yeah, you gotta hope uh, this is kind of the year he pulls it all together back home in Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> something in the water out there is hurting him. <laughs> uh, and then at number ten, strictly because I had to respect an Avalanche being anywhere close to the top ten. No, I'm just kidding. I think he deserves it. It's uh, Gabriel Landeskog. Captain out in Colorado. Um, he's one of those guys where I think he's going to benefit from those around him improving as well. We have McKinnon out there only getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Duchesne has looked phenomenal in this World Cup tournament, mm-hmm. not even being biased. He actually has. Um, and then Landis Cog's just going to sit there and reap the benefits. He's one of those guys who's also... Just people unreal. forget how old Unreal he is. and yeah. unreal by association. Yeah, people forget um, he's still young too. He's still bound for these prime years. I believe he's 23 right now. I believe you're right. And uh, if that's the case, and by D's scientific facts, uh, he's bound for a big year this year coming up. Um, and I really hope that's scientific true. Scientific facts. But um, he's one of those guys who he's going to play top line minutes. Um, he's at least going to get you 50 points. He's done it the last three years, so... Uh, that's not too terrible, but anyways, he's a great player. He's uh, he gets a lot of a lot of penalties here and there. Well, not a lot, but he you know decent amount. He likes to shake it up, so yeah, if you have that he's category. He's not terrible. Yeah, so he'll actually be twenty four this year. Okay, four in November. That's where you want we were right. We twenty three <laughs> right now. Uh, so eight for me is actually Landis Cog. I just love uh, what he brings to the table, all around ability. And like you said, the Avalanche. I think the Avalanche offense is gonna be much improved this year with Patrick Wall gone. I'm just interested to see how much better that o- that offense can be, and then we'll see. Uh, hopefully, it helps Landis Cog. Jaden Schwartz is my in at nine. Um, I'm high on Jaden Schwartz every year. I think I kind of have Jaden Schwartz ranked higher than any other sites out there usually. But he's a he is a legit 30-30 threat. Uh, plays a lot of minutes with Tarasenko as well, which is always nice. And then ten, I have Mike Hoffman, who just two years ago we were like, okay, whoa, where the hell did this guy come from? It's a fluke. And then last year just did it again. Yeah. So. Uh, he's a hell of a goal scorer, which is nice to have in the middle rounds, I guess, is where we'd probably be right now anyway, early to middle rounds. Yeah, um, like 7-8. Yeah, and then like just the only problem I have with Parise, honestly, is uh, he's just had some serious durability issues in Minnesota, uh, but I can't really argue with how how good he, he once was. Um, and when he's healthy, he is still a great player, but he did not crack my top 10. Um, and... So let's talk about other guys who didn't crack our top 10 that you must have on draft day. D, we'll go back to you. You haven't got a chance to talk in a while. Who's the top 10 that you must have on draft day? So outside of my own top 10, I had Patrick Sharp, uh, who production has kind of slowed down for the 35-year-old, but he had a quietly productive uh, semi-bounce back year last year, I would call it. Uh, put up 55 Quietly points. Quietly productive semi-bounce back. <laughs> you heard it. That's the I term. Like it. I, like I it. would call it. <laughs> um 
He's got dual wing eligibility uh, in Yahoo, and I'm pretty sure in ESPN. Uh, long gone are the days where he had the triple position eligibility, the dream. That was nice, but, the uh, dream. <laughs> the dream. Um, but, yeah, you know, a lot of people just kind of scoff at his age now and are, are kind of quick to forget uh, the talent he's playing alongside in Dallas. Arguably have the best group of forwards in the league. Easily, arguably. Um, <laughs> Easily you know, just, just look out. I, I kind of wrote this up before looking at um, – a lot of the draft, uh, pre-draft analysis on Yahoo and the ADPs. He's going a little bit earlier than I would like. Uh, so stay woke on that, I would suggest. And just don't reach. But if you can get him in the ninth or 10th round, I would definitely pull the trigger. Beeps, who, uh, who must you get on draft day? I, I didn't I didn't want to give this one, but I think I have to. Um, it's Milan Lucic. Hmm. Um, Brock, you're going to love my ideas on why I, <laughs> why I like what Lucic is Zero. bringing. Um, so my main reason is Milan Lucic is, I, I believe they've announced it, playing alongside Connor McDavid. Pretty much guaranteed. Um, one thing that I did mention is back in Lucic's days with Boston when he was playing alongside Krejci, he was an extremely effective left winger. Put up 30 goals, 32 assists, a 30-30 threat. I believe he can get back to that point. He's not as old as a lot of people think. He's only 28 years old. He's been around forever. Though. Yeah, he just seems like he's been there. And also, I mean, I hate mentioning penalty leagues, but if you're in leagues that have penalties, this or guy hits, is an absolute or... weapon. Hits as well. I have him in a hits league, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he hasn't had a he hasn't had a minus year in um, six years actually. But I mean, he's <laughs> going to Edmonton, so that might change really quick. But you still have to like those numbers. I think he's a legitimate goal scorer when he's around the net, just kind of plugging it up. And I think he can sit there and just Dude, tap him. McDavid, McDavid is just so good. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He can Honestly, I think Lucic yeah. is a lot better than I'd ever like to give him credit for. Yo, that's yeah. exactly how I feel right now. So. <laughs> so. I think he should. If you got to make a reach, and he's sitting there, as we mentioned, the left wing spot is kind of kind of weak. And if you're very sitting weak. there with very limited left wingers, maybe take a reach on Lucic. Could turn into a into a full for weapon a guy for that plays team. as physical as he does too. He never misses time. He's only missed seven games in the last yeah. five years. Playing with McDavid's going to be gross. I have him projected for uh, 24 goals, 31 assists. Not. I don't think he's a legit 30 goal scorer, but he can be, especially playing with especially McDavid, with McDavid, yeah. which is gross. Uh, Patrick Sharp, I actually have as a right wing, but as you mentioned, he. Uh, I don't have him. I don't have the dual position eligibilities in the draft kit, which you guys have hopefully picked up. But yeah, he does have dual position eligibility. Uh, I have Patrick Sharp for 24 goals, 36 assists. He plays alongside Segan and Ben, for God's sake. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, and um, even if one of those guys Spets goes down. Spets is pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah if you know what yeah. one of those guys goes down, Spets is sitting there. Yeah. They're sitting there. Oh, they're so good. It's Such a talented team. team. Cody Valerian Nachushkin is not sitting no, there. No, he is not sitting there. He's, He's sitting, sitting in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not sitting, though. He's standing. Maybe. But, but uh, uh, what. Do you like this pick? The one left wing I must have on draft day is James Van Riemsdyk. I'm having a hard time talking. Let's go. Rough night. Let's go. So I have Van Riemsdyk projected for 28 goals, 30 assists. Prior to like last year, in his first three years in Toronto, he'd only missed two games. Um, but last year he missed the last 42 games of the year with a foot injury. So durability it really isn't a concern for him. Right. Um, and it was just uh, one and injury. Su- Big ass. In support of that point. The Leafs were definitely in, in no hurry to rush him back. Oh, they had not at all. Nothing to rush him back for, right? So, but, like, before yeah. he got hurt, he was on pace for 29 goals, 31 assists, so 60 points um, across 82 games, but obviously missed time. Yeah. With a much um, On a joke cast. of a squad. Yeah, yeah. way weaker. And, team. like, literally few wingers have been as consistent year-to-year as James Van Riemsdyk um, has been. A consistent 30-30 threat. 
that team's going to be better this year. Uh, he might play with Austin Matthews, which is huge. Yeah, that um, could be nice. Matthews has shown a lot of potential in this tournament. He's um, everybody, everybody thinks he's you know, a legit number one center. Also playing with McDavid, though. Year one, yeah, so true. And then JVR will probably be on his wing. That's two big bodies. And um, I, I don't know. I've always liked JVR. I'm not a big Leafs fan, but I love JVR. Um, I love his game. And I love how consistent he is. So, like, he's one of those guys, as long as you're not in a league with a bunch of Leafs fans, that you can still get early <laughs> enough. And uh, and a lot of people won't respect him strictly because he's on the Leafs. Yeah. And uh, so if you are in one of those leagues, I, I agree. Take that take that reach. Yep. That's why I don't respect him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been 30 <laughs> minutes of fantasy talk. So we'll take a break here. Throw it over to the Blue Stones real quick. Um, and then we'll get back with our top breakout left wings, top sleeper left wings, bus left wings, and rookie left wings. We'll see you back here in a minute. Peace. episode 32 of the daily face-off podcast i'm your co-host dylan berthium hope you're enjoying the show so far we're gonna get right back into our left wing breakdown uh gonna talk about our biggest breakout candidates at left wing right now which are guys who we expect to kind of make a jump up the fantasy ranks um and not uh specifically not rookies anyway so uh we'll start with you brock who are you looking to target as a breakout left wing candidate this season not as tough i don't think as his dad but definitely more talented Max Domi cracked the opening <laughs> night roster for the Coyotes last year and led all forwards in the team with 52 points. Um, so much more skilled than his father. Um, he Stop is, comparing him to his dad. <laughs> no, that's how, that's how we evaluate fantasy hockey players. Is how much yeah. better oh, they yeah. are If you're fathers. just so much better than your dad. I think I'm so high on Nylander. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Domi's got high-end offensive ability. Um a lot of guys, you have to worry about sophomore slumps, right? Domi, I think, is you know talented enough, playing in a in a in a nice role out in Arizona to kind of avoid a sophomore slump. So after cracking fifty points last year, the son of Ty should be a good bet to break sixty <laughs> points this year. Honestly, I like I don't know. It's so weird because like I don't think they're like a playoff team. I think I say this every week. But I think there's just so much upside in Arizona, um, yeah. and Domi is you like know, the Maple Domi and Duclair just have so much going for him. But Domi's the guy to draft this year because he's going. Actually, Beebs, I'll let you mention your breakout while I look up uh, Domi's ADP here. Yeah, I do have to also mention I looked over at your script and saw just Domi, son of Ty, mm-hmm. the start of the <laughs> sentence, and I just I didn't even want to touch it. Um, my breakout this year, though, comes from uh, a team that uh, you might want to stay away from a lot of their players as far as drafting goes, but it's Tivu Teravainen, 
that's TT out in Carolina. Um, and he, he was actually, uh, it was kind of one of those under the radar pickups during the off season. It seemed, uh, Chicago couldn't really resign him or anything. Carolina had the necessary draft picks to throw an offer over there. And they picked up a pretty big stud um, because of it. It's one of those guys where I think he's going to be at the very end of drafts is where he's going to go, but he mm-hmm. should be maybe going a little bit earlier. This is a team where you look at their forwards and it's like, is this first line that's supposed to be the third line or is this third line supposed to be the first line? I don't know what's going on. Um, but <laughs> Call Jeremiah that Maple Leaf Syndrome. Really, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, yeah, if you go to Daily Faceoff and you look at their lines, you'll actually ask if should Andres Nestorcel be the first line <laughs> winger up there? And you're like, hmm, with Terry Vining on the team, probably not. So you got to hope, um, coach out there in Carolina, I can't think of it, who it is right now, but you got to hope he gives his head a shake and Paul puts Maurice. Terry up there. Paul Maurice, there we go, yeah. No, I don't is think it? it is. I was like, no. I, I just Bill, thought about it. I was I like, think, I'm pretty sure he's I think not going to do anymore. <laughs> Sorry, sure you actually for it. Paul yeah, Reese is just like, eternally yeah. the Canes head coach in my mind. Yeah. No, I think it's Bill Peters. <laughs> Forever. Anyways, you got to hope that... Uh, is it Maurice coaching like, Winnipeg? Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't... Uh, no, I, not anymore. Anyway. I don't even know. He's somewhere. He he's was on the, Winnipeg. He's behind the Europe bench. In the is he? Cup. Yeah, I think he's an assistant. <laughs> Either way, Terrence is going to be Paul going. Maurice. Yeah, actually born here. Um, <laughs> I can't dance away from it. But Teravainen's going to be one of those guys who I think steps up, gets a lot of heavy minutes, can finally break out of the shadow that he kind of had in Chicago because there never really was that opportunity for him to take top-line power play minutes. And uh, he, he was impressive last year. He is the Jets head coach, you dummies. He, okay, he's the is Jets he? head coach. Yeah. yeah, currently Jets head coach. I'm not a, I don't, wow. know, I don't stay on top of my coaches. <laughs> but um, Teravainen, yeah, look for him. He's gonna be one of those guys where you totally steal him. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of room for or not a lot of uh, people blocking his yeah. way from playing. Big he has Lee Stefniak and Andres Nestor. So Yo, see Stefniak last year, bro. No, you're Plus, right. even if Nestor or Teravainen doesn't have a big first half, one Stefniak's traded, okay. <laughs> guaranteed top six minutes. So done deal. Uh, but D, who who do you got as your left wing breakout this year? Um, I also had Domi at first. Uh, Again, a lot of of the same reasons, Brock. Son of Ty. Solid rookie season. Son of Ty. Um, (laughs) Had 18 goals, 34 assists last year. And me personally, I'm looking for him to build on the 156 shots he put on net, which is obviously super doable um, and should help his goal total rise. And uh, also room for his ice time to grow going into his second year. He played a little bit over 16 minutes a game last year, so obviously some room to grow in that regard. A lot to like there. Um, The other guy I was potentially looking at as a breakout candidate is Nikolai Ehlers. Mm-hmm. I know in the past on the podcast, we've been very high on this guy. And for I think reason. literally in, in the episode titled Breakouts and Rookies, all we did pretty much the entire episode was talk about Ehlers. <laughs> I like Ehlers a lot. And what do you oh, have? Yeah. I don't have, again, I wasn't really prepared to talk about him, but I think he had like 40 points last year um, in limited time, kind of playing down the depth chart, up and down anyway a little bit. Um and honestly, just a guy with a ton of skill. We've talked about it before. A oh, lot yeah. of upside there. Um, and who could definitely potentially step into a bigger role this year in Winnipeg. Obviously, they lost some wingers. Um, and really see his numbers jump. Uh, all, again, always been a big Ehlers fan. Really like him. And he's a guy going towards the bottom of drafts. So he's a perfectly fine guy to take a flyer on at that point. Oh, yeah. my God. He could be huge this year, man. Right. Because it's be a very... So it's he such a low-risk, high-reward pick that you should really, really look at targeting Ehlers on your draft board. Even in, like, like, like the last few rounds, once you have your starter set, I think, um, and you got some guys established with a nice, good floor, it's a perfect 
perfect risk to take at that point. Yeah, yeah. and if he doesn't work out, you just listen to and our for, waiver wire episodes and yeah. pick up whatever we tell you. <laughs> for those exactly. of you guys who didn't catch the breakout episode, uh, we talked about this a lot, how um, while Andrew Ladd was still a Winnipeg Jet, um, Ehlers played very, very protected minutes. But yeah. once Ladd was traded, Ehlers saw a massive uptick in minutes jumped right to the first line and finished the season with 11 points in the final 13 games. Under um, head coach Paul Maurice. Yes, under head coach Paul Maurice. Uh, <laughs> so if he, it, he's obviously coming into this year with a top six role, which is huge. Um, and he obviously plays the same minutes he did at the end of last year and produced, he, he showed what kind of results he can produce. So we're for high sure. on Eli's for obvious, obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to sleeper left wings. Beebs, who you got? Um, kind of makes me laugh. Sleeper. Uh, we had a religion teacher who would fall asleep in class who claimed like her best friend was Paul Maurice. Either way, <laughs> um, that's just, uh, you know. Uh, but my sleeper, Brock has him at number 26 on the in his draft kit. It's, uh, it's Alex Steen. Uh, I really like Alex Steen. He's a uh, long-lost leaf that got away and uh, has kind of just absolutely str- um, killed it since he's been in St. Louis. Um, currently, right now on their depth chart on Daily Faceoff, you have Yori Laterra taking the top center spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Steen is both a center and left wing eligible player. I expect him to kind of jump back into his familiar top line role. And as we mentioned with um, with Jaden Schwartz, that's a nice line. Jaden mm-hmm. Schwartz, Alex Steen, and um, Tarasenko. Tarasenko. I don't know how I forgot that one. Either way, <laughs> it's the um, one you can't forget. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's kind of like a staple of uh, consistency. He hasn't dropped below 50 points in the past three years. That's it's pretty nice to have. He had a uh, commendable. Yeah, before last year, he was a, he was an absolute 60 uh, point guy, and then um, and then he lost a couple of games. He's he's kind of a lot uh, a lot like Prize, where he goes down for 12, 10, 12 games a year. year. It's just he has to. It's not he doesn't <laughs> just like his body can't do 82. Um, but he he had a 33 goal he a year to. a couple years ago. I could see him uh, could see him being there with it. And uh, Alex Dean's one of those guys. I just kind of. He's going to be far back and forgotten, and I do like him, especially if he can jump into that top line. So kind of keep an eye on the lines out in St. Louis. His ADP is actually ridiculous right now. Is it ridiculously low? or High. Yeah. Higher than I thought. Yeah. So 78. Keep an eye on Alex Dean. He's, uh, again, he's he's consistent. If you have extra IR spots, it's better because you can put him <laughs> in there for a couple games and pick someone else Because he has to. That was funny. D, who's your sleeper? <laughs> uh, I got Rick Nash in the sleeper. Whoa. Nice. I know. Uh, kind of fantasy voodoo you don't really like to say that name but uh you know nash so it's just just a guy to me where again like kind of the stigmas have surpassed reality here um i think a lot so much was expected so much was expected of of nash you know coming off of 42 goal season i don't even want to venture as to how high he was drafted in most leagues um we had him labeled as a bust last year and it happened so freaking hard that I'm just labeling it as a sleeper this year. Again, <laughs> such an injury riddled and just all around awful season for Rick Nash. There wasn't a lot more that could go wrong. Uh, finished with just 15 goals in 60 games. But uh, to me, this is a guy who could easily, easily hit 30 goals again this season. Oh, yeah. We've already talked about the Rangers soft season and how much we all like their group of forwards. Um and yeah, like Beef said, honestly, like on year, off year, it's funny yeah, to say. Since he's joined the Rangers, it's literally right. what but, has happened. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, he kind of. So he's bo- just, he has to have a good year. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's a good year year. Yeah, 
again his, his good his good year year yeah um <laughs> and you know as far as sleeper goes he's going after guys uh, he has an adp right now of 107 Ugh. going going after guys like Braden shen like andrew ladd like milan lucic who again maybe i could remove lucic from that but uh, guys who just um in my mind don't have the same floor let alone ceiling as Zurich nash so like I think if you take him, worst case you're probably getting 25 goals, um, in my mind. And it just can't be any worse than it was last year. Exactly. That's basically my point of view here. And uh, you know, people tend do have to have uh, shorter memories when it comes to fantasy sports. There's gonna be a lot of people who got burned on Rick Nash last year that are gonna be afraid of going after him. Uh, but if he's there, say in the seventh, eighth rounds of the draft, and you still need some depth that left wing, I think he's a super reliable and legit option who could uh, end up really reaping a lot of rewards for you. Yeah. Yep. I got a couple quick sleepers here. Um, Give them to me, Brock. One is my boy Gustav Nyquist. Um, when you look at the ADP right now, it's that ridiculous. Um, he's literally 168 <laughs> right now. He's going behind Thomas Vanek, Jordan Stahl. Abdulkader, Felino, David Perron, like get out like Dustin he's, Brown. He's going behind Thomas Vanek on the same team. Yeah, that like lines ridiculous. Ahead of. <laughs> His ADP like right. two years ago, this guy had twenty seven goals, twenty seven apples. He had a definitely a down year, definitely disappointing year last year. Um, but he's still so young, he plays huge minutes in Detroit. Um I mean if he's if you get him in like the sixteenth round, which is his ADP right now, that's absolutely ridiculous. Makes him a pretty quality sleeper. Uh, the other guy I got, I've mentioned him on the other article or other uh, podcast as well. Uh, Andre Burakovsky, much like Evgeny Kuznetsov last season, Burakovsky is expected to play a bigger role in Washington this year. Um, he's got a, he's got a good, he's good, great shot, big kid, 6'3", 200 pounds. Uh, but he's also he skates like a smaller forward. Uh, like I mentioned, great shot. Um, as it, his value is strictly tied to his role. If he plays top six minutes in Washington, he could be huge this year. Maybe not to the same level as you know Kuznetsov breakout last year, but if he plays those big key minutes in Washington, um, he's going to put up a ton of points. Yeah. And Washington likes Russians, so it, again, exactly. it's something that has to happen. Right? Yeah, it's just so it's so obvious. Yeah, everything's so obvious in this episode. Uh, but now, like we mentioned last week, everybody's favorite part of the show. The busts. Yeah, Boston. Let's the get bust. Bu- let's bust. Uh, Beebs, start with you. Who's Me. your bust? Uh, you mentioned him in your top 10 as a guy that uh, that everyone kind of expected to bust last year, and he didn't. So but he's going to bust this year. This year. Uh, I have Mike Hoffman. Again, he's ranked number nine on Brock's draft kit. Um, Hoffman's, uh, Hoffman's, <laughs> Hoffman's kind of looked at it as an elite scorer now, it seems like. Just because he kind of has done that. He's averaged 28 goals across the last two years, uh, 29 and then 27. Shooting at a 13.6% clip, which is... Uh, Impressive. Yeah, I expect that to go down a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know why. I just don't like Ottawa as much as I should this year. And I don't think Hoffman's a legitimate first-line player. And that's what he's going to be doing out there. I just... I, I don't know. Um, just one of those guys, I think he's just going to go higher than he should. That's all it is. Again, yeah, I, it's I respect relative him. to his draft Yeah, position. he's going to score. He's going to be successful, it seems like, if he's healthy. 
but I just I don't think he should go as high as as he should or as he is. Um, actually, right now his ADP is one forty. So if he's there, never mind, take him. Right <laughs> yeah, uh, thirteen. Yeah, bro. if he's getting that little bit of respect, then yeah, take him. But yeah, his um, ADPs right now are absurd. Yeah, man. we got to talk about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> like so absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. Like it's still early, but holy. But yeah, shit. I have him being a bust at what he's expected to do this year. Again, I just. He can't do th- almost 30 goals again, can he? Like, is, yes, he, is he that good? Yeah, man. He, he plays massive minutes. He shoots a ton. He plays the point next to Eric Carlson. Yeah, I guess. Either way, he's my boss. Lots of like. I mean, if, I called Hosa last year. I'm calling Hoffman this year. I don't like the H's. But yeah, his shooting percentage is quite impressive. Uh, but like 242 shots last year, 200 shots the year before. Sabinajad's gone. Yeah. He uh, is gone. Yeah, but... Brassard's just as capable. So yeah, exactly. Not, I, like no, not a very. We always point. say bust is just capable, or not like based on where you draft him. Is he going to be a bust potentially? Right, uh, that's what it's get, all about. It's what it's all about. So if you reach on him, he might not be. Yeah, I'm just saying, don't reach. Yeah, not worth it. No, go for Rick Nash. You draft Rick Nash or Mike Hoffman? No, but like <laughs> depending. D, would you? Uh, probably not. But like. A lot of that just has to do with expected value for me. Um, like, I could just easily pick up Mike Hoffman even if I didn't really like him and probably trade him for something decent and pick up Rick Nash a couple rounds later. Yeah. Is, is kind of what I'm getting at. I like that strategy. Who uh, Who's your bust if it's not Mike Hoffman? My bust... And just apologize to the fans. My roommates are rocking out to Michael Jackson right now, and I'm not sure <laughs> if that's making the cut or not. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna do everything we can to make sure it doesn't. But sometimes it's gonna happen. Um, so uh, for me, uh, I'm gonna talk about a guy that you guys both talked up a bunch in uh, in uh, an earlier segment of the show. It's Gabe Landeskog. Uh, here's hoping a new coach can help him generate some more shots because that's been his major issue in terms of fantasy production. To me, I just don't like where he gets drafted every year, as opposed uh, in respect to his expected value. Um, they're can, rocking he, out, eh? I can agree with that, though. <laughs> yeah, they are rocking out, dude. I'm <laughs> struggling. Um, <laughs> he hasn't been able to come close to the 270 he took his rookie year, though. He took just 169 last year in 75 games, which is terrible. It's not going to translate into a lot of goals. If hits is a category, then there you go. Go ahead and draft Gabe Landeskog. Um, but to me, it just kind of contributes to what makes him so consistently overrated, in my personal opinion. Um, he just seems to simply be a 55 to 60 point guy that people keep expecting more out of, but he is coming up on his age 24 season. So who knows? Fingers crossed, go. I guess, but I, I would just avoid against him in the science. rounds five and six. Special year. Oh, okay. My bus is that Michael Jackson song. That's just, getting <laughs> um, you know, my bus this year is Brad Marchand. Uh, last year was just ridiculous. Um, what did he have? Thirty-seven goals. Like that's just insane. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um. He had. Come on. He, ha- he had a career high of twenty-eight prior to last year. Put up thirty-seven last year, which was good for six in the NHL and a spot on Team Canada. Yeah. But like, so coming off of a career year, he's going to be highly sought after, obviously. Um. So relative to where he's being drafted, I think this guy's going to be a bust. Um. Right now on. Yahoo's ridiculous ADPs. Marshawn is being drafted as the eighth best left winger. Um, I honestly have him falling close to or outside of the top 20th position. Uh, he's a quality player, 
plays all of his minutes with Patrice Bergeron, which is great. Um, and he's still a candidate for 30, 30 goals, obviously, but he'll be closer to the, the 50 points than the, you know, the, the 37 goals and 60 yeah. points. Like, yeah, that's just not who Brad Marchand is. So, but people are going to be like, whoa, this guy is like almost a 40 goal scorer last year. You got to get him. And then he's not going to do that. So my bust, Brad Marchand. Let's quickly talk about a couple wingers. Start with you, Biebs. Let's hear it. Rookies, uh, that is. Rookie what did wingers. I say? You just wingers, wingers. in general. Oh, just, which yeah. is what we are talking like, about. All right, yeah. let's go. I got this just guy. Just keep talking this. about wingers. Anyways. Sorry. Rookie wingers. Rookie <laughs> winger for me, Jimmy Vesey out in New York. You guys just love the Rangers. Absolute great song. I I don't love the Rangers. It's just there's good things going on in Rangerland. <laughs> and actually, they connect with each other because as of right now, Jimmy Vesey is expected to line up next to Mika Zbigniewicz and Rick Nash. There you go. They're both... Very talented winger, or sorry, very talented line mates, um, and it's someone that I could uh, that I could see totally having a fantasy impact right away out of the gate. He's 23 years old. It's kind of like a Panarin deal. If he mm-hmm. wins the if he wins the Calder, people are going to be all pissed because he's an old dude, and you know. But either way, he came, old dude, just younger than yeah, us. I know. Eh? He's younger <laughs> than me. Like, I gotta watch my age things, but. Um, uh, we have mentioned on previous episodes, either way, he put up 58 points two years ago in 37 games out in Harvard, and then 46 points last year in 33 games, and that's in a league where guys do not normally like surpass too? more than points per game. I don't know. Apparently, with his contract negotiating, because yeah. he got a lot of money, yeah. but um, he is definitely one of the top rookies coming in at the left-wing position there, um, For sure. and I would say, say definitely keep an eye on him. My rookie... Probably also pretty smart, too. Uh, he went to the University of Michigan. Go Blue! Um, Go Blue! It was Kyle Blue. Connor, who's expected to make the Jets team. Uh, he was literally just unstoppable in his freshman year yeah. at the University of Michigan. Go Blue! Go Blue! Go Blue! <laughs> the 19-year-old had a ridiculous 35 goals, 36 assists. That's 71 points in just 38 games. Like I said, he should make a push for uh, the Jets' opening night roster. Uh, he's got speed for days, pairs out with great hands, great shot, and he's a reliable two-way player, which will help him most likely make the squad. You like um, this guy. He's, well, he, went, he went to Michigan, and he's unreal. Go Blue! Um, so he's a rookie to keep Go an boot. eye on as long as he makes the team. Um, Jimmy Vesey, obviously, extremely quality as well, but he didn't go to the University of Michigan. Go Blue. He's not a over. <laughs> Go Blue. Uh, who's your rookie, D? Go Blue. Uh, to close us off, to send us home, I was actually planning on talking about Jimmy Vesey, but in the sake of the interest of our audience, sure, to give you anyway. more ideas in the area of rookie left-wingers, I will instead talk about young Christian Dvorak at the age of 20 years old. Uh, he was the 58th overall pick in the 2014 entry draft. Job like a rack. Yeah, he really did. Showed last year that he probably should have been a first-rounder. Six foot one, 196 pounds. Led the OHL with 52 goals and was a key part of the London Knights side that won that elusive Memorial Cup. Uh, the Coyotes' bottom six forwards seems pretty set, seems pretty terrible, uh, which gives Dvorak a good shot at cracking the opening night lineup as a top six forward. So keep an eye on the Yotes. He's not for sure to make the team, but if he does, could be an interesting a nice, play. A nice late round. He's a nice, like a good guy for like keeper leagues and. Uh, dynasty leagues and stuff like that as well. Yes. Uh, but that was the left wing podcast. Yeah. We've done centers. <laughs> we've done left wings. Got a couple more positions to go. Yeah. We're coming, at you, we're coming at you with the better wing next week. The right wing. 
And then we'll have defense and goalies. We're going to try, again, like we said last week, to do two a week so we can get these all out to you before you guys do your drafts. Um, but schedules are a difficult thing. So uh, we'll try to get maybe two or three to you next week. But I'm not, you know, don't hold me to my word. <laughs> but we'll do our best. Never, um, never hold us. For Beebs Bondi and Dylan Berthew, I'm Brock Segan. This is the Daily Faceoff Podcast. See you next week. See you this weekend. See you early next week. Who knows when we'll see you next. True. Enjoy and the I, Blue Stones. Yeah, I just want to say, Michael. again, sorry for any Michael Jackson songs that may or may not have made the final cut of this podcast. The Blue Stones um, will just bring you know, it back. Yeah, and if you're into that sort of thing, then you're welcome for the bangers. <laughs> yeah, great jam. But uh, <laughs> make sure you get out there and buy a fantasy hockey draft game from dailyfeedhockey.com. Give us your money. Four ninety five. Give us your money. Anyways, see you later. Peace. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 